Konnichiwa, and welcome back to another episode of Ruminations of Red Realm. Today, I'm your host, Ian, two E's. Nothing more, nothing less. Joining me today, we have Brendan, the new blood. Brendan, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. I've been feeling better physically, um, so that's good. Uh, just, you know, I'm back home in Pennsylvania for a little bit. So, you know, it's nice to see the fam. Uh, nice to see my parents, Doggy. She's a, she's a little fucking chonkster. She's a, she's an English bulldog. And, um, her, I think I've said this on the show before, but her, um, her front four, like little chiclet teeth stick out from like, from her upper lip. And it's just, it's, it's cute as fuck. That's great. Spend yeah. a little time with the fam. Shout out to the yeah. fam in uh, Pennsylvania. Shout out to them PAs, them Yinzers. Yinzers. Uh, also joining us, we have Kyle with a K. Kyle, how are you doing? What did you mean by you saying it's Ian, nothing more, nothing less? Like, what do you mean by that? What do you think I mean by that? How could you be more than you already are? I don't know. How can you be? I'm doing well, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm dying, though. My heart uh, is acting up, and my chest is constantly in pain. So I'm probably just going to keel out on one of these episodes coming up. Hopefully it's like live on camera. That'd be kind of cool. Would, be, would you want us to post it for you? Yeah, like I'd want it to go viral. And uh, just the last moments. And then hopefully like freeze frame in one of those shots where I look like a hillbilly. <laughs> And so right and, before my death, and then you could just put that picture and like you know how at the funerals they have the big blow up picture of the thing standing <laughs> next to the casket. Yeah. You could freeze frame that picture of where you know freeze frames on the Discord, and then you could just put it next to the. I that's how I want to go. I'm sure your family will appreciate. I mean, it's an inside joke. If they don't get it, fuck them. You know, so, they had to be there. Yeah. They had to be there. Exactly. <laughs> Could you imagine the last ever episode we record? Kyle, you die. We go viral, get tens of millions of views, and then the show's just fucking done. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand signups on Patreon. We're fucking making bank. That would the be my done. luck. Is you, is you guys would blow up after I die. <laughs> that would be fitting. Yeah, it would be fitting. That's great. That's great. How are you? Uh, oh, how am I? Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm fine. I'm gonna try to get this under uh, sixty minutes. So uh, we're just gonna go into our weekly wreck. Uh, Kyle, we're already on you. What's your weekly wreck or most anticipated thing of next week or whatever? Just picked up the Saw and Saw Two game on Xbox 360. Uh. Got no response from Brendan in the Discord. Was a little disappointed because I was very excited <laughs> about it. But I started playing Saw last night, and uh, that game holds up, dude. That game is way better than I thought it was going to be. I bought them more out of sheer curiosity. And it's Saw, you know. It's I'm into that shit. But I was playing it, and it's good. It's really good. Like, it starts off like... Um, uh, like it ties in with Saw 2 and it's in the beginning and you're a detective Ooh. and like the story behind why you're there is interesting and like you actually have to sneak through this uh, you know place where you're being held captive and the way they do traps in each room and the way they design the saw traps to like specific to you having to like get out is interesting and I'm digging it so far dude. 
popping chivos, you know, having fun, and Ian question. Are you Donnie Wahlberg's character in, in the video games? No, you're oh, like a new spin-off character. But like you're a detective who was investigating the girl um who with the yeah. head trap on. Mm-hmm. She's like Amanda, the main villain Amanda. too, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. So you're a detective that was investigating that crime scene and like your life spirals out of control because you get so invested in the investigation and you start to like your, your, uh, your marriage goes to shit, your friend. And he's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you got saw, you wake up in a room. And he's like, y- y- your cons- consumption of this investigation has led your life to go, you know, out of control and like take your family for granted. You know, the typical saw shit, but it's, it's good. And I recommend it. And it's really hard to find. So, Good luck, I guess. But uh, <laughs> if uh, you ever find it somewhere or are interested in watching like a playthrough on YouTube and you're a Saw fan, I highly recommend it. It's fun. I'm probably going to do that because I've always, always, always wanted to play through those games. Whenever someone talks about it, they usually say how good it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sounds like the plot of Saw 4, if I'm correct, the one with the detective or the, the, detective. the cop. I've seen up to Saw. It, it was like, you've been overworking yourself. This is the... Yeah, that's exactly exactly what happens in the game, which is the most bullshit, you know, evil thing you could have done. But um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Brendan, what is your weekly rec? Um, So sorry, I did not see your message. I was not ignoring you. Um, And I will say that Saw game scared the fucking shit out of me when I first played it when I was like 13, 14 years old. Um, love that game. Uh, my recommendation uh, comes with a little bit of a caveat uh, because uh, the film is kind of problematic in a few ways. It does seem fairly, um, fairly sexist. In hey, let's not talk about Cure yet, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, but my recommendation, again with a grain of salt, is uh, to th- the remake uh, 2007's The Wizard of Gore. Um, uh, uh, I was, uh, going through some shit when I was, uh, packing and I completely, and I found this movie in one of my, uh, suitcases. Um, it is a wild fucking ride. So it's, it stars like Kit Pardue, Bijou Phillips. Um, that's whatever. But the three, oh, Kyle, um, the, uh, the, uh, the three heavy hitters, uh, you got Brad Dourif, amazing Chucky. Um, Jeffrey Combs, Reanimator, tons of other great shit. Uh, but my personal favorite is uh, you have Crispin Glover. Uh, that man does not get the credit that he deserves, um, and he's absolutely spectacular in this movie. Uh, basically, uh, the film follows this uh, trust fund uh, dude who wants to be a reporter, but since uh, he has millions and millions of dollars, he really has no. Um, there's really no reason for him to try and be good at anything because if he fails, he still has money to fall back on. Um, so he and his girlfriend start to, oh, and by the way, uh, the movie takes place in the mid two thousands and he dresses as a 1940s reporter. Um, this is a, I think I described it as a, um, a, uh, what is it? A, uh, splatterpunk neo-noir horror thriller. Um, it is bloody as hell. Uh, one of the things I think I've talked about my love for magic. Uh, it's about a magician who is killing people during his stage act. 
Um, magician played by Crispin Glover. And we need more magic horror movies. I fucking love magic, like in the, the segment of VHS viral. Um, there just needs to be more magic horror. And yeah, this film is problematic, but if that's a type of, uh, if that's a subset of horror that you like, I definitely recommend checking this one out because it is bloody as hell. There's TNA. Um, and it's Kick actually, an yes. Um, for the younger viewers. <laughs> and, uh, for the it, uh, it, there, there's some issues with the, with the storytelling and how they bring the magician and his powers into everything. But it's, it's a fun thriller. There's some wonderful horror elements and it's just bloody as hell. Brennan, if you want more magic horror, I think you should write something, write a script, make a movie. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll inspire, that, that'll give you the inspiration you need to make your first feature film. Or right. you could just learn magic and start killing people. Or that sounds like a way lighter. better idea. <laughs> I, already, I, already, I already know magic, so I'm one step ahead there. There you go, see? You're on your way. Ho, ho. New year, new you. <laughs> wow. Uh, then, do, you have, do you have any recs? My, I, I don't have any recs, but um, I'm in the middle of reading um, Flowers of Evil, which is a, uh, like a, it's a weird manga. I can't really explain it right now, but um, I will have something next uh, cast. And then I'm six plus hours into Fire Emblem Engage. I'll be playing that um, until I beat it. Um, what is Fire Emblem? It's the new Fire Emblem. Yeah. No, no. What? What is it? I don't. I've never heard oh, of it. It's a. It's a Nintendo franchise. Oh. Okay. So it's like a. It's kind of like chess with medieval characters, like in in a fantasy world. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And this story is it's. Oh, so it's chess with mm, a story. I would I mean... not suggest Fire Emblem <laughs> Engage to someone who hasn't played a Fire Emblem game so far. Um. So you so you have to say so your traditional Fire Emblem gameplay and the characters and you can recruit um, on the battlefield and it's actually pretty cool. Um, You can go into the into the level after. um, So usually it's like a top down style gameplay, and in this game, this is the first one where you can actually go into like a third person view and then go onto the battlefield once you've completed the the chapter, which is really cool. There's also interactive. environments where if your character gets knocked back um there'll be like a a tree or like a uh, a fence that'll get knocked or that'll get destroyed if they bump into it so it is uh it's there are some 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 pluses but the story is it's not that great compared to every other fire emblem that i've played but uh that being said we are here today to talk about the 1997 film Cure, directed by Kyoshi Kurosawa. I do not have any stats on this film because it is very hard to find. I only found um, the box office for South Korea. So if you want the money that they made in South Korea, I can tell you that. But otherwise, the budget for this film was a million dollars. doesn't say what they got in return, but um, if you're curious and if you like, um, if you're curious um, about Kiyoshi Kurosawa, we did another episode of his film, which was Pulse. 
and you can check that out. Um, but I would like to hear the thoughts and the full thoughts, actually, of uh, Mr. Brendan first. Ooh. What did could you we, think could of Cure? Could you we already with- own the film? And was it worth the buy? Could we start with Mr. With a K? You've been chosen. You've been chosen. Uh, Yeah, so I don't have the Criterion streaming channel, so I did purchase it. Um, I will, I'm not going to get rid of it, obviously, Um, but I definitely like Pulse a million times more than this. I don't remember what I gave Pulse. I meant to listen to the episode to figure out what I gave Pulse, but I I, uh, ran out of time. Um, It's not bad, um, but I just found it very tedious and about 20, maybe 25 minutes longer than it needed to be. Um, So my my issue was, once I figured out what this movie was, I had heard of it because so many big horror directors have either cited this film as inspiration to them or as one of their top favorite horror films. And this movie has the same issue that I had with uh, the 1970 film uh, Don't Look Now with uh, Donald Sutherland. It's one of those films where so many high-ranking big horror names say that this is either the scariest movie they've ever seen or this is um for don't look now i think i forget who it was but maybe uh, john carpenter i think said that don't look now is the scariest film he's ever seen and i think it was guillermo del toro yeah just a comment i saw don't look now in theaters after um everybody talking extremely highly of it i don't get that movie either it's but fucking terrible i mean it's i was terrible. a little drunk <laughs> But still, I like I was able to comprehend what was going on, and yeah, yeah it's fine. It's, it, sorry, sorry. No, but I, I, it's like this film to me. I'm gonna hold in the same regard. This is definitely better than Don't Look Now. I will say that. Um, but it's one of those films where I don't get the hype that surrounds it. Uh, it's it's a fine it's a fine movie. Uh, it's somewhat visually appealing. Um, but I think that, uh, maybe it's just an acquired taste and I guess it's not for me. Cool. And moving on over to Kyle with a K, would you add this to your collection and full thoughts? I watched this on Criterion Channel, the streaming service. I love that service. Shout out. Wish we were sponsored, but we're not. (laughs) That Um, would be an amazing sponsorship. Dude, that app is amazing. Um, if you're Use in a code of Red Rum cinema, 20, you should go check it out. But um, yeah, no, I watched it on the Criterion channel and I enjoyed this movie. Uh, so the one thing it had going for me already is that it was a crime drama, which I'm into crime dramas. So um, at first, I thought they were going to take some kind of like, uh, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Not not paranormal but like uh some kind uh, of powers some 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 some, some wackiness like yeah. i thought it was gonna be a little wacky a little wacky, and, <laughs> a little wacky. i thought it was gonna be a little wacky and i'm glad that it wasn't i'm glad that it was actually grounded um which i was surprised because i thought you know like i said it was could take a different direction but i enjoyed the movie i'm actually in this weird 
um, like I kind of watched this at the right time, I think, because I've been watching a uh, set of videos from this channel on YouTube called Explore With Us. If you're in oh, I love crime Iwu. dramas, oh. Iwu, yes. Yeah. If you're in the crime drama or if you're into like anything serial killers, interrogations, I just watched one on the screen killers, those kids that got interrogated. Yeah. Just watching these killers, like all their lives crumble on camera and like their whole world's being shattered is just so fucking interesting. And the way they break the, uh, break down the interrogations and like, it, it's really cool. So anyway, mm-hmm. back to the movie. Um, I love this kind of shit. And, um, I thought this was a really good movie. Um, it went by pretty quickly for me, actually. I didn't, this movie didn't drag at all for me. I thought it was pretty well paced and it kept me intrigued, uh, the entire time. Um, and I'm looking forward to talking about the ending with you guys, but I would add this to my collection for sure. And um, yeah, that's all I'll get into now until we kind of break it down more. Sweet. Um, so I believe that I might have pre-ordered this from Bookman's, but I have the Criterion Blu-ray. Um, I initially saw this, I think, two years ago. And I really liked it. I thought it had a very interesting killer. I think that was my main draw to it. And I think on my second watch, I like it even more. I think this is an amazing film. Um, it's extremely, extremely well acted. Uh, I think the writing's amazing. It has um, a lot of great shots, a lot of great, a lot of great images. Um, I love the pacing. I think my, the pacing is probably my favorite part. It's very slow and methodical, and it's almost it's perfect in a way that I feel like the director gave you time to think when you needed to think and not think when you didn't need to. Um, but I just think it's an amazing film. Um, Back to one of my main draws, uh, the killer. What do you guys think of the killer? Gonna go to you, Kai, with a K. Um, I thought he was pretty cool. I liked uh, the more the story progressed, and you realize that he actually did a lot of research um, with hypnotherapy, and uh, kind of like uh, he dived really hard into. Um, the psychology behind um, hypnotizing people and stuff. And he used that as his main weapon. He used like, he didn't use any kind of, uh, you know, actual physical device to kill people. He kind of turned people on themselves and he really targeted uh, people that had, you know, quote unquote, like the ability to kill in their mind. Like they kind of put it in the beginning of the movie. He like, he kind of, well, they didn't say this, but it, it was kind of implied that, he kind of targets weak-minded people that have some deep-rooted anger or need to kill, and he used that against them. So, um, in a way, he was very obviously intelligent, um, and uh, I don't know, I just thought it was really cool how he turned uh, the innermost, darkest uh, parts of people's minds against them. Um, and the way he, like, it also played out um, just to get to the end as well how which i think i'm not sure if this is the case so we'll have to talk about this but um how he would have thought that the detective would have had that deep-rooted anger because of his wife and turns out that he didn't 
um, and he was the one that was able to resist like his power it was kind of cool. We'll um, talk about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll we'll, we'll, it can go either way because I know that towards the end it showed the image yeah. of his wife and stuff. So he might have killed her, but I'm not sure yet. But anyway, uh, I like the killer. I, I thought it was an interesting premise, and uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. Brennan, uh, so I want to kind of hone in on definitely one thing that that you Kyle said when you brought up hypnotherapy um, or the idea of hypnosis. Unless I missed something, was the character was is the killer? Does he have he, he does have supernatural powers? Correct. No, I don't think so. No. Okay. Um, He's just a genius. Okay. Well, then that uh, the 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 concept of him as a killer, I re- I really did. I I really dug it, um, and I will concede that that um i do think that the writing of that character was was really good i i liked how um the, uh, see there's just there's again i could be misremembering something but i i feel like there's so many things that point to him being physically supernatural and i i'm having difficulty finding um evidence to say that he's not specifically for one thing that happens at the very end um, but I, I know that we're going to talk about the end, so I don't really want to want to bring it up just yet. So what I like the most about this guy is he kind of works. He's just working his way up. This is kind of like an experiment to him where he starts off with the monkey and then he goes to a criminal, like someone who uh, has sex with prostitutes or whatever. Not not necessarily if you're you, that makes you a criminal, but, um, but then he then he goes to a teacher, and then he goes to a doctor or a, a cop, and then a doctor. So he's slowly working his way up to people with to different careers, to different types of people, people who he thinks can resist his um, abilities that he's learned so far. Is, no, getting getting a no from Kyle. That's not how I took it. No, can I interject? Yeah. Because I'd like to have a discussion. So um, the way I took it is I don't think he was targeting people with certain professions. I think he was targeting people that had like some deep rooted animosity towards something in their life that would cause them to act out in anger. So like the nurse was oppressed by men like her whole life and she obviously had traumatizing experiences growing up. Um, So I think he used that against her. It wasn't necessarily that she was a nurse or like he was trying to move up like the like the like the chain as far as people in society or like their status in society um but that was just me i thought it was just like them targeting like people that had let like to me it seems like he did more research on the people than it actually showed and like he was specifically going for people that had a problem in their life or had something going for them that like for example the detective it's almost like he let himself get caught by that detective and it's cause he knew about the, um, like his wife prior to being caught. I, I could be reaching, but that's, that's what I thought. So do you think this is all pre-planned and organized, like everything to a T by him? And he's not, not like a nomad, just like searching for his next victim. Correct. I think a lot of it is premeditated. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I could be so, wrong, obviously, but so I took it as he gained all of his knowledge 
and he wanted to kind of have his test on society. So he went on this journey that um, led him to these different uh, people, these different type of people. Um, I don't think it was premeditated. Like the him obviously convincing people to kill is is premeditated, but I don't think like his journey, like his steps to those places were. I think it was if if he could hypnotize you, you were dead. Yeah, I guess um, the the argument against me that kind of throws my theory out the window, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, is he was told from the other guard about the detective's wife. He didn't yeah. learn beforehand, so I guess that wouldn't make sense. So yeah, but um, it seemed like that all the people that did kill had some sort of issue, but I guess that could just be also. Um, like a coincidence. Well, him him finding about him finding out about the the detective's wife. If if me just trying to go off what I remember in your 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 theory about this being premeditated, him learning about the detective's wife could have been a test for himself to see how once he's confined into this location, how he can twist things and see if he can still pull off what he wants to pull off. Now that there's a whole fucking wrench thrown in his plan. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think it was like an ego thing. He was just testing to see what he could get away with, and he was kind of like invincible at that time. Um, but on to his wife, uh, the detective's wife's, uh, what was his name? Kobayashi? Not Kobayashi. <laughs> Takabi. Takabi. Kobayashi, just like a typical that's, Japanese that's racist. <laughs> that came to my mind. Um, Takabi. So, what do you, his wife obviously had some kind of Alzheimer disease. Um, what do you think, what significance did you guys think that had to the story? I'll go with Kyle with a K. It seemed like a extremely huge coincidence to me that she would have the same thing that the killer was mimicking, so to speak, but mm-hmm. I didn't put together any kind of connection personally. Um, I just thought it was an extremely huge coincidence, but I didn't have any, um, I mean, keep in mind, I literally finished the movie 10 minutes prior to me getting in the discord right now. So I'm like, I'm still like formulating thoughts, but, uh, yeah, I, I I didn't find a uh, significant reason for her having that illness. I looked at her as a, almost as a, um, as a tool to make the detective seem more to make you feel more sympathetic for his character or also I, I, more vulnerable to the killer. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. That, that's a better way than I, I put it. Um, I, I felt like it was just kind of a, a character that was thrown in there. I found little to no, um, reason reasoning for her character. He could have just as easily, easily been a single man. If, if we're going with the theory of he's targeting people who have this pent up anger and aggression, um, that, that character could have easily just been a single man who there could have been a scene at him at the bar trying to hit on a woman and being denied, you know, basically him being an incel or whatever they called it in the nineties. Um, and 
yeah, I, I felt like it was pretty much of a nothing character. I I feel so bad. I laughed Dang. so hard. I laughed so hard when when he when she um, was hanging by your neck. No, no, I there. I did laugh at that scene for a reason. I can, I can. No, because he sees her hanging by the neck, and he gets down on the ground and just goes, ah. <laughs> Uh, but, um, wife, what are you doing up there? Oh, my wife. Um, no, I did. For some reason, I laughed really hard when he um, when he put her in the home. The oh my God. God. I just got to get rid of this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just please. Fucking distractions. Get her out of my sight. No hug or anything, though. Jesus. No. And um, they, they wheel her in, in a wheelchair, like, right? Like, here you go. <laughs> See ya. Like that fucking one dude from Toonstone. Bye. Um, so I thought her significance was to show how vulnerable and how success, sick, help me with the word, anyone successful. No, not successful. Susceptible. Yes. Susceptible. He would have been towards the killer because he has all this pent up anger. Like he's, he's so, he, he, he's a detective. He's like he ha- he's a cop, so he has to control his emotions. He has a sick wife that he can't really show his emotions to because he doesn't know if she's going to remember that one side of him. So he has all of this anger kept pent up inside of him. So I think that that just his wife did have uh, significance to the story, and um, I think that it I think it makes us care more towards. Um, I almost said Kobayashi again, Takabi, um, because we're going to think that he's going to be, he's definitely going to be a victim, Kyle. Well, that's what Brendan and I were saying, like him being vulnerable to the killer, I mean, and all that kind of stuff, like clearly that's why the wife was in there, but as far as her having the amnesia, that's Mm -hmm. what you were asking. I don't know why, like her having the amnesia, if there was any significance to that in the movie. Well, because like he wasn't going to, like... If she only remembered him in this one state of mind, then that's what their relationship was going to be. So he didn't want to show his anger towards her. So we always had to be happy. But can't you home. see how that could kind of be misleading when the main protagonist's wife has the same, you know, the same illness that the antagonist is pretending to have? Like you think there would be some kind of deeper connection than just her being a foil for him being. A target for the killer right like like i feel like they would go deeper into that but they never did i don't think he's pretending to be anything i think it's it's just a test that's just him it's so you him. think he actually has amnesia no no, no. Well, that's he, what I'm he's, he's not pretending to have amnesia he's just going he he says a line yeah yeah i thought he, he, in he the, does have amnesia no so he says well I don't know. He says the line perfectly in the like room with all the police chiefs. He turns to um, Takabi and he says, uh, "What does he say? They don't under they don't understand me, do they? You understand what I'm really saying." So I think he's actually just performing this experiment. Like he knows what he's doing, right? Obviously, he knows what he's doing, and he knows who he is, right? And he knows what he is. So he knows. So he's. He's pretending to have amnesia then. Because when he's like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what my name is. Like, he knows who he is. This is all just a foil. To- I don't think he's necessarily pretending to have amnesia. I think he's just, he's just conducting his experiment. Right. And it he just so happens that he's under the guise of that. Gotcha. But no, he, he, uh, the, 
the first person that, that the person that finds him on the beach, he tells them that he doesn't remember who he is. He tells that to everyone. Yeah. yeah. And that's like a that's like a, it's it's just a test. So he does He's know who testing. he is. So he, he does know who he is though, right? Yes. That that's why he takes the tag off his jacket when he gets called out. Like immediately he like takes it off and put it puts it in his pocket. So then it could be assumed that he's pretending to not remember who he is, right? By these so, other people, yeah. So he's pretending to have amnesia. Yeah. Okay. Can uh, okay, a question I want to ask and okay. maybe maybe again, I apologize for that I keep saying this, maybe this is something that that I missed um cuz for some reason I I had a very difficult time concentrating while watching this. Um what so when they when Takabi finds him and they start to question him, what is their reason for holding him in jail? They, there's no, no reason, right? I I don't even know. Well, I don't know like Japanese proto, police protocol, like how he could just walk into his apartment like that. So I don't know. Well, they even say like when he starts to get aggressive with him, he's they're like he's not a suspect; he's just a witness. Like you can't mm-hmm. talk to him like that. So and then like, they fucking arrest him. Yeah, I think that was his only, their only lead. So like maybe they they were just desperate to find some kind of information or connection, which I don't know even know who like gave them the tip about the man in the hospital. Like to have them yeah. go there anyway. Like I mean that's all like outside context that you're probably yeah. it doesn't matter it like it doesn't matter anyway but it's just kind of the way certain things played out was definitely a little interesting and and I, I don't know i don't know it doesn't really matter because you know the story moved along naturally but that that was that was one thing that i was like this dude should just be allowed to leave <laughs> no i agree <laughs> If you want to get into like the realistic <laughs> of it too, just seeing so many interrogations online too, I, I, I'm just like, they're just letting these people that committed a brutal murder walk around the room, not in handcuffs, yeah. sitting around talking to them, poking at the cops. I'm like, none of this would ever happen. <laughs> like, it would never happen. It was the 90s. You know, different time. Different time. Um, I do have one last question until we get into the, the ending. Um... And it's it's a genuine question. It's not even like a setup. Uh, what do you guys? Who do you think killed the psychiatrist? Was it? Um, was it? Did he kill himself or was it um, Takabi? Was Takabi actually hypnotized and did he kill him? The psychiatrist. I don't remember who the psychiatrist yeah, is. He's the the main like, dude. Uh, oh, like his partner? Uh, yeah, his partner. Was that vision real when he was, you know, walking towards him in the corner? So, like, do you know what I'm talking about? So when with the monkey in the jail cell, yeah. So when he was in the jail cell, and I'm so bad with these names, I'm sorry. But when the main protagonist was, when the detective, I'll call him the detective, when <laughs> the detective was walking towards him, and we could assume that he murdered him there but it flashed back to him in his house but he was found dead in his house so how did how did he die was it was the the detective did he actually hypnotize him did he have the power as well is that what you're saying but why would he Ooh, like, whoa. Yeah, actually why would no, he? if yeah. if we're gonna go 
along the thought of the detective might also have that power that kind of brings up the one thing at the end with the waitress that mm-hmm. I was gonna is is that what you're talking about when you say the ending or are you talking about something different yeah that's, that's what I was talking about oh shit okay rewind <laughs> <laughs> no I mean, we, we can talk about it right now what do you guys well, think I, I, question? I, I, I didn't mean to, to steamroll that question that's sorry cool. I still don't have an answer for question <laughs> yeah, <my> question. Well, <laughs> taking it at face value he killed himself Taking it on face value, you kill himself. He I killed think, himself. but what? Like, but what's the connection with the vision he had in the prison cell with the detective? I don't know. I think that um, Takabe was hypnotized, and he actually killed the his partner. I'm going to stick with my theory that he had supernatural powers. He had supernatural powers. He killed them from afar. So let's move on to the woman in the stretcher at the end. That that was Takabe's wife, right? Woman in the stretcher? The the detective's wife? I don't remember a woman in a stretcher. I remember a woman in a stretcher. Or like like she's up. She's up and she's going towards oh. the camera. And she has that, that's his wife, right? Oh, that's his wife? Bruh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is why I said that. I think he killed his wife. I think that you're made to believe that maybe he was strong enough to withstand the... So then he definitely was hypnotizing. Oh, oh exactly. So that, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. So that's why after Takabe... Because that is his wife, right? I... It didn't look... Sure. that. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell, honestly. It was very quick, and she had like a bunch of makeup on, so I, I genu- genuinely couldn't tell. So what did you think was happening when they just showed that? It was just some random woman being carried out on a stretcher well it was um it was like when they were showing a bunch of other like different clips leading up to the climax so i just assumed and with the ending that this dude kind of maybe this dude maybe left his mark and like all of this stuff is unraveling yeah so what i let's just get into the ending so what i what i it can go to okay so it went two different ways in my head so when it showed the woman in the stretcher which i believe to be his wife I assume that he did kill her, that he never took her to the hospital. And when she was hung, that whole vision he had walking into the house, like that really happened. But, and then the body was just there and he was living his life. And then at the end, um, at the very end, I think that they find his wife, maybe. And when they, they call him on the phone and he's like, yeah, I'll meet you in the front in the car, I think they were coming to arrest his ass. <laughs> I like that theory. I like that. I think that's what I'll go with, too. So he killed that's his nice. partner and his wife. Yeah. I originally just thought because it, it was either the, the finger on the, the head or the moment with... Um, well, it had to be the moment with the with the water dropping, right? Yeah, yeah, it. That's when I, yeah, it was the moment with the water dropping for sure. Yeah, it just, and then and then it, it immediately rained outside. Yes, which probably kept him in the trance because that oh, was at the same time as he goes. Yes, yes, exactly. And the rain kept him in the trance all the way to his home. So he maybe didn't even kill his wife, but he did mark an X on her. He did mark an X on her for sure. Well, I mean, not for sure, but like, <laughs> yeah, if my theory is accurate, then yeah, he def- he could have found her hung and then just took it out, like took mm-hmm. it out on her dead body. And like then, the, like the cop. Yeah, like the cop. Or 
Um, yeah, exactly like the cop actually. And, and it is she, shown that these people don't just stop at one person. It's it's multiple people. It's until they're stopped. Yeah. Yeah. So. Interesting. That's how I took it personally. I like that. Mm, yeah, because the way I interpreted the ending was he kind of understood. Uh, well, he kind of understood what the killer was doing and maybe he just lost his mind and he wanted to carry out his his motive but i like i like cops Brendan, unless you have anything to say i'm gonna comment on one more thing so like another thing i noticed is when he's having the meal at the end like he doesn't eat there the yeah. first time he doesn't smoke there the first time and then the killer makes a comment before where like he's saying like uh, are you a detective or are you a husband? You're neither. Like, and then right. it goes to that scene, and he's he's kind of being himself for the first time after the killings. He's smoking his cigs. He's eating his food. I still don't understand though the the waitress and the knife. But um, I don't quite because he's, he's, he's an alien. Because <laughs> he's an alien. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't get that. I don't understand that. But um. That's 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 kind of where my head's at right now. Post yeah. forty five minutes after the watch, so yeah. Post nut clarity, yeah. If so, the previous thing you said, Kyle. If the pre if if all of his the, the killer's actions were premeditated, like his location and everything, then that would mean that he could have had access to the the waitress, and like every stop that that dude went to, the detective. Yeah, Brendan. Yeah, what was that? A, what was the question? Yes, <laughs> I thought you had your hand. Oh no, I was I was saying forty one, forty one. Yeah, I was just keeping track. Sorry. Perfect timing. Um. So yeah, very open ending end. Uh, bunch of theories here. Uh, I don't have any more questions. Brendan does. Brendan. Yeah, the two Richard. things I wanted to bring up. My uh, my two favorite moments. Um, when the nurse kills that person in the public bathroom and starts to rip their fucking oh, yeah. face off. Oh my god, that was brutal. That was some of the most interesting practical effects I've seen in in a, in a fair amount of time. That looked so good. Um, and the other the other thing that really made me laugh is how do these how do these this police force solve any fucking crime because at the beginning when the dude kills the prostitute they don't secure the scene they don't do anything there's 50 fucking cops in this tiny ass bedroom trampling over everything touching everything there is like there there's like no i i don't i don't know i found it extremely hysterical that there's 50 people in this tiny ass room um, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts about that, but I thought that was uh, very funny. Not really, but I do. I do agree with you though that like a lot of the shit and practices they did, like like I was telling you about as far as the interrogation, I was like, no cop would ever <laughs> like, act like this ever. Like that would not happen. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I watched it with Dom, um, and this was actually the first time that we've watched um, a movie we've covered in a long time, and she really liked it. So, oh, just, just wanted to comment that's on nice. that. Yeah, just wanted to comment on that. I love Dom when she likes the movies, Eric. 
Um, all right, getting Only into very rare. <laughs> getting, into <laughs> very rare. <laughs> getting into our final thoughts. I will go with Kyle first. Final thoughts and rating, please. Poor flavor. Um yeah, this movie was um definitely a Kyle movie. I like the um I like what it was about. I like I like uh, crime, drama, I like detectives. I love solving shit. Even if there's no killings in it, I like the buildup to find the killer and that kind of stuff, like the fugitive. You know what I mean? Um, not that this is anything like the fugitive, but I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I just a love movie. It is a baller movie. Thank you for name dropping. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just had to do it. <laughs> um, no, but I like these type of films. Um, I thought this was obviously a well-directed movie. Um, I think... I think I'm a fan of the director. I like Pulse a lot, and I like this film, too. So um, I'm going to check out more of his other stuff. Like I said, I will add this to my collection. I think this was a very well-paced movie at any point in time. It never felt like it was dragging. The acting was awesome. I thought the the uh, antagonist and the protagonist were just equally as strong. They were both interesting characters, and they both um, carried the movie, which is kind of i guess i'll say rare because there's a lot of times where like the villain is way cooler than the you know the uh protagonist and vice versa and i thought that they were both very interesting characters and um yeah this is just an awesome movie a cool 90s movie um i'm gonna give this a four stars with a heart four stars with a heart from kyle brendan Final thoughts on reading? Uh, Kyle, you can have my copy. Um, <laughs> Sick. Um, yeah, it was fine. I like Pulse a lot more. Um, was not a horror movie for me in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I would say maybe thriller at the most. Um, definitely a crime drama. Uh, it was it was fairly interesting. I just it just could I it did not keep my attention what whatsoever. Which it's not not the movie's fault. It's just um, not the type of movie that I typically go for. Um, the acting was solid. The practicals were pretty good. Um, before this conversation, I was going to give it a two and a half, uh, but after this conversation, I guess I feel comfortable enough to bump it up to a three. So you think Diary of the Dead is a better film? Uh, no heart, though. No, no. No hearts. You said three? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I really, really think this is a... Kyle, go ahead. <laughs> I don't like how you threw Diary of the Dead under the bus. <laughs> I'm gonna say, yeah, but, uh, no, I, right. that, that doesn't mean that Diary of the Dead is a better all the time. No, that doesn't know. mean that I think Diary of the Dead is a better movie. That just means I enjoy Diary of the Dead more. Okay, okay, it's fair. Um, I think this is a fantastic film. Uh, I love almost everything about it. Um, it's a thinker. It's a real thinker. I like how <clears throat> open ending or open of an ended ending it has um leaves a lot for interpretation i think it's very well paced um the director is uh, a great director makes me want to rewatch pulse um i will give this a four and a half which brings the average to 7.6 
or sorry, to a 3.5. With a heart? With a heart. With a heart. 3.5 with a heart. Is that right? Yeah. You yeah, did the math. I think. I think so. 3.5 with a heart. Cool. Now, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me bring up pin messages. I'm sorry. And I can't scream. It's actually a four and a heart. Four and a hearts. Yeah, because it? it's it's three point eight, and we round up, so it's a four and a heart. I got three point six for some reason. Okay, that is an official score of a four and a heart for the nineteen ninety seven film Cure. And uh, now, before we get into America's favorite game show we will go into an ad break so please enjoy this message from the other cast in our network called the ruminations radio network (laughs) you've been listening to another fine fine podcast on the rumination radio network this is game agent et from oh god it hurts and we hope you keep on listening to our fine fine podcast here on ruminations radio network.com (laughs) welcome back customers fellow listeners army cadets um we are now we are now not gonna do that salute but we are going to go into america's favorite game show what's in the box the game show where i'm gonna read a bunch of synopsis from our um rating movie goer website um letterbox and our contestants will get to guess the percentage the rating within three points or point three sorry and then they will get one point for that and i will ask them the decade if they get the decade i will give them another point are my contestants ready ready oh yeah all right going into numero uno a tv production crew are making a documentary about the infamous painter miyama ichiro when they start filming at his old home they come under attack from the ghost of the painter's wife genre horror 3.3 Ooh, that's a good one I'm going to go 3.1. So 3.1 and 3.3. Kyle, you get one point. Brandon, you get two points. This is sitting at a 3.3. Guess the decade. I'm going to say 90s. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say too. Uh, I feel like that's a safe bet. I'm going with 90s. Both going 90s. Very safe. Uh, this is the 1989 film oh, Sweet Home, directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Sweet Home Kurosawa. Not I was, a gonna, I was gonna do something more racist. <laughs> <laughs> more racist, Jesus. <laughs> Number two, Ronnie revives a mysterious videotape about some kind of massacre and decides to investigate it. Three. 
You know what? I am very sorry. That one doesn't even have a rating. I just looked. <laughs> doesn't even have a rating. Have you seen the movie? No. Ah, oh, damn. I was going to say just we'll go off your rating. rating. Yeah. yeah but... It was on your watch list. just move on to the next one i have (laughs) number two a dedicated la police officer detective wait a dedicated la police detective and a female psychic must stop a demonic serial killer who was given the powers of resurrection teleportation and possession all of the shuns genre crime horror thriller this is robocop 2 so I'm gonna go with a costume. <laughs> I'm gonna guess two point eight. I was I was thinking two point nine, but I don't want to pick one that close to you. Um, I'll meet in the middle and say three. Three. Let me add up the points here. <laughs> <I saw> <laughs> what because <laughs> brennan's playing up pretty safe here um you guys both get the points but kyle gets two points oh! this is sitting at a 2.8 gets the decade 80s mm, i'll stick with 90s no i changed my mind 2000s yeah that sounds more right kyle that last minute change gives you no points. This is the 1990 film, The First Power, directed by Robert Reznikov. Same premise as Robocop 2. Crazy. <laughs> I actually I thought it was Shocker. Brendan does get the point, though. So we are sitting at Kyle 3, Brendan 4. Ready for the last question. Yes. Name of title concerns two young adults who made a dirty work for a Yakuza gang by making sadistic rape snuff films. Both of them are sexually obsessed. One is addicted to telephone sex, whilst the other can only function sexually while seeing mutilated female corpses. Can I guess the title of it? Ian, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like this Brennan one gets could the go extra either. point. <laughs> uh, I feel like this one could go either way. It's either I feel like it's either really high or really low. But it's I feel I like he's, guess, I, like I don't feel like he would pick a bunch of threes like no, around there. Yeah, you know that, I, mean? I, I wanted I wanted to say like three point one. I was gonna say three point oh. All right, yeah, fuck it. I'm fuck gonna it. stick with three. 3.1 one of you is getting zero points and the other is getting zero points this is sitting at 2.6 guess the decade for the win are you going with 2000s that's your final guess yeah. It's it's a good guess. It's at least past the nineties because they mention a cell phone in the description. So Oh, should I I missed that? <laughs> I'm gonna go with two thousands. 
Yeah. No, 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 no. Because I'm going to lose if I just pick the same thing as him. So fuck it. Um, Hail Mary. I'm going to go 2010s. <laughs> 90s. I'm going to go 90s. <laughs> no, fuck. <laughs> no, I stuck with 2010s. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brendan is going to take this episode. This is a 1997 film, Eating the Schoolgirl, Osaka Telephone Club, directed by Naoyuki Tomomatsu. Hmm. Yeah, very yeah. Sounds interesting. <laughs> uh, it, is, uh, it is on my watch list. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. It is on my watch list. That being said, this has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the hypnotic psychopath killer of the Ruminations Radio Network. If you like what we're doing here, be sure to follow us on Twitter at of Red Rum. That's OF Red Rum. Our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, amongst more, which you can find additional information on ruminations of red rum dot transistor dot fm and make sure to make sure you subscribe and give us a rating so that we can show you so we can show it to more people's feeds and build our ruminations of red rum army uh next episode we will be covering the walking or the not the walking dead episode the last of us episode two, two. Two and two. Sure. Yeah, two. Who knows what, what we're covering? You'll, you'll, you'll get what you guys you'll get. Find you'll out. get what you guys get, all right? <laughs> that being said, I've been your host, Ian, the extremely um, schizophrenic and uh, junky guy host with an E, two E's. <laughs> Joining me, Kyle, with a K. I just want to say that if you like Diary of the Dead more than this movie, don't let somebody like Ian bully you and belittle you, okay? It's people like Ian that drive psychopaths to commit murder, okay? (laughs) If you like Diary of the Dead more, say it loud and proud. And Brendan, Mr. Fantastic. Hail Ratma. This one's for you, Michael. Stay sweet, guys. (laughs) 